0: Many people have been working from home now that are not used to working from home, or at least are working from home more than they ever did before. That's definitely true for me. Even though I've been working from home since about mid-March, I wanted some tips from people who have been doing it longer than me. Julian Seguera of PyBytes fame has been working from home for about a year, and Reuven Lerner, an amazing Python trainer, has been working from home for a very long time. We originally had a big list of working from home topics, but we had so much fun with the tips and tricks part that that's pretty much the whole episode. But there's lots of great tips and tricks, so I'm glad we focused on that. Thank you, Datadog, for sponsoring this episode. Please listen to their spot during the show. And thank you, Talk Python Training, for sponsoring. Do you want to get better at Python? Now is an excellent time to take an online course. Whether you're just learning Python or you need to go deep into things like APIs or async, Our friends at TalkPython Training have a top-notch course for you. Visit talkpython.fm slash test to find your next level. That's talkpython.fm slash test. Welcome to testing code. I've got Julian Sequeira on and Reuven Lerner. Julian's in Australia. Reuven's in Israel, right? We want to talk about how working from home is affecting people. Before we jump into it, I want to let everybody introduce themselves. So, Julian, other than me having trouble pronouncing your last name, can
1: you tell me who you are? Yeah, thanks, Brian. It's good, good to be here again. It's been a while. Yeah, so I'm Julian Sequera. I'm the co-founder of PyBytes, and I run Essentially, a blog and a community and a platform with one of my best mates, Bob Belderbos. And we teach people how to code Python through using exercises, through coaching now, and all sorts of things. So that's pretty much what I do. And um, currently, by day, I work for AWS and looking after some employee experience stuff, communications, some technology. It's a whole random (laughs) mishmash of things, but uh, all things that interest me. So. That's me.
2: Okay, and Reuben? So I am a Python trainer. So pre-pandemic, I spent most days, like every day, in a different city, country, company, teaching a variety of different Python courses. I also have a whole bunch of online Python courses that I give as well, uh, video and email based to people around the world.
0: And so Julian and Reuben and I know each other through the Python community, but we also know each other through PyCon, and we... I met in person in Ohio, and I'm sure both of you planning on being in Pittsburgh this year? Absolutely. Yeah. So we would have been able to meet this year in Pittsburgh, but that was turned into a virtual experience. So Reuven, you've been working from home for
2: a long time now, right? Yeah. So I've been self-employed since 1995, which is shockingly long. And basically, like, from the time I was single... So when I rented an apartment, I knew I was going to be working from home. That's when I moved to Israel and I was doing work with companies in the U.S. And so I did that. And when my wife and I got married and we bought a house, one of the considerations we had was we need to make sure that the house would have a room I could use as an office and that that office would have a door from the outside. So a major influence on the house that we bought was actually that it would have a separate entrance to an office type room, which since I now work on my own is our master bedroom and we have the door all blocked off. And there was one year when I actually rented an office outside the house and I had some employees, but basically I've been working from home for years and years with the minor exception or increasingly less minor exception, I guess of the last 10 years as I've done more and more corporate training. So I would be doing, let's say two weeks of work from home and then two weeks of on-site training and work from home would be sort of like what we're doing now with the online corporate training. So I've been doing this for a while online. Now, of course, everyone is doing it. No company, strangely enough, wants me to fly out there and contaminate all their employees.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But you're still doing some of those trainings virtually then?
2: Oh, they're now, yeah, yeah. I mean, so for the last six months, I've been doing everything on WebEx and Zoom. So now it's 100% as opposed to say 30 to 50%. Okay. But like I have a home office and like even when we moved our master bedroom and the office around, this, like the room that I'm sitting in now has been my office for the better part of 20 years.
0: Wow. And Julian, is working from home something you've been doing for a while too, or is this new?
1: Uh, It's pretty new for me. So my entire career to date was physically in data centers. And so I can't really take that stuff home. I'd be arrested on the way out. Um, So (laughs) Uh (laughs) what happened was last year, when I took on a new role, uh, it involved me being remote from the rest of my team. They're all in the US. And so, you know, I made that call with my manager saying, I want to work from home. There's no point trekking it into the city, doing that commute. It's just a waste of time. You know, I could be coding at home. And uh, yeah, that's how it kicked off. And so I've been doing that for about a year. So the quarantine hasn't really been much of a shock. Probably the biggest thing for me was I still went into the office one day a week by choice, and that was to meet with team members from extended teams. So losing that when quarantine kicked in, that's been the biggest shock to me because I'm pretty social.
0: Okay. But you've been working from home like four days a week then for like a year? Yeah, pretty much. I and mean, quarantine's quarantine is just full-time. All right. And then I chime in as well. I work for Roden Schwartz and working with test equipment. And those are, um, oddly enough, not that bad to work with remotely because We can work remotely with them anyway. They're kind of designed to be able to do that. The hard part is being able to move cables and adjust, you know, different devices under test and stuff. But with the appropriate switch matrix and different things like that, we can do it. I was able to do some email and whatnot from home before March, but for the most part worked from work and had a half an hour commute. And now mid-March, I forget the date. I think it was similar with a lot of companies. Everybody worked remotely. So we've pushed most of the team, all of my team, but most of the company is working remotely. We've just started up allowing some people back in, but we're trying to keep it minimal if possible. So yeah, it's a big change for me. I thought that I'd have more difficulty than I have, but the difficulties I've had are not the ones I expected. So that's been interesting. So we have a handful of questions I'd like to discuss with all of us. And I thought we'd, uh, because you guys are old hats at this, I'm curious about what our answers are. And I can't remember who came up with the idea, but one of the ideas for us to talk about working from home was five things that make working from home survivable. So let's just do, I don't know if we'll have five each, but let's, um, if you guys have five, that's awesome. But let's just round table it until we run out of ideas. So let's start with uh, Reuven. Okay
2: so our first thing is to set boundaries and this was actually one of the things that people told me when i told them oh i'm going to be starting my own business i'm going to be moving to israel they said okay make sure that you have a clear work area that you have an office even if you're just living on your own make sure that you have times that you're working because otherwise it's very easy for everything to just sort of slosh around and work will consume your entire day now, my family would laugh at the notion that I've actually set any sorts of boundaries that like, they'd be like, oh, come on, you're always at work. That's ridiculous. But I do try. I do try. Some In some periods of time, I'm better than others. But being able to say, now is work time, it puts you in a different headspace. It also lets your family know, other people know, now is work time. And when you can close that door and say, okay, I'm done, or I'm done except for oh, except for those other three hours of things. No, except except for like, you know, you can really close the door and say, now I'm back with family. Now I'm going to be like social and normal. And I'm not going to answer all that stuff from work until tomorrow. I think that's very healthy.
0: Nice. I guess I kind of want to comment on that. I think that for me, the trying to setting times that I'm working was the hardest thing to do or one of the hard things to do. And also just keeping track of it because it's easier to keep track of it if you're actually physically going from one place to another and having to let people know, hey, I'm going to be home and about with such and such time. But one of the things I, the long days for me, one of the things I like is the ability to say some days work 10, 12 hours and that normally is terrible and I try not to do that. But while I'm at home, I can take short breaks and go and uh, have tea with my wife or have dinner and then come back to work and the commute time isn't part of it. So a 12 hour day isn't really a 14 hour day. It's just a 12 hour day. So that's nice.
2: By the way, I'm curious, both of you guys work for companies. So, like, have you found your companies taking advantage of this work from home thing? Like, they'll expect you to do things at 8 p.m. or, I don't know, 4 a.m.? I haven't.
0: We actually, we had a fear that people wouldn't be as productive, but we have really haven't found that. We've found pe- everybody's, on average, about as productive as they were before, more or more so, because there's less distractions. Once you set boundaries in times,
1: there's less distractions at home than there are at work, really, I think. Yeah, no, same here. We um it was actually quite but the opposite. We were got all this messaging saying, make sure you take breaks, make sure you set the boundaries. We've got so much material on how to work from home effectively and not let it overtake your life. And it was really nice to see that the company was telling us this stuff, saying, you know, make sure your mental health comes first, look after yourself, take breaks during the day you know, take an hour at lunch to actually switch off from work, all that sort of stuff. So it really came in handy. I actually really appreciated it. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Datadog, for sponsoring this episode. Are you having trouble visualizing bottlenecks and latency in your apps and not sure where the issue is coming from or how to solve it? With Datadog's end-to-end monitoring platform, you can use their customizable built-in dashboard to collect metrics and visualize app performance in real time. Datadog automatically correlates logs and traces at the level of individual requests, allowing you to quickly troubleshoot your Python applications. Plus their service map automatically plots the flow of requests across your app architecture. So you can understand dependencies and proactively monitor the performance of your apps. Start tracking the performance of your apps, sign up for free and install the agent and Datadog will send you a free t-shirt to get started visit testingcode.com slash datadog. Okay, Julian, do you have a tip for us?
1: Yeah, actually, it's a nice flow on from Ruben's one. So with regards to finding that study space, I'm so aware of the fact that I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got a house with a dedicated study that I can close the door and everything. And this is my workspace. But I have teammates who don't have that extended teammates and such, and they work out of apartments. So it might be their bedroom or in, and this is the tip, the worst place is the kitchen. You know, I've seen people make their kitchen, dining table, their workspace for the day. And it's one of my tips is do not make your kitchen your workspace. And that's purely obviously because it's high traffic. There's a lot of distractions if you've got a family and everything. But the tip is don't wander to the pantry. This is, this is my favorite tip, and it's because I found myself after getting off a call, I was you know, just thinking about what I had to do next and what I was going to write in the next email or the document, or whatever I was doing. And next thing you know, I woke up and I'm standing in front of the pantry pulling out a bag of chips. And I'm like, what? How did I get down here? And it was just <laughs> There's a habit of wandering to the pantry to stretch my legs and I had to consciously break it. So that's one thing, but the way to break that obviously is don't work out of the kitchen.
0: Yeah. I've heard people like uh, actually working out of their closets or at least doing conference calls in their closets because they're quiet or something. But I can't imagine like working eight hours a day in a closet. Even I have a fairly big closet. That still would be
2: stifling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds painful.
2: By the way, like, I mean, so I've been doing, as I said, like all online training and i found that some people, many people are now reluctant to turn the cameras on in Zoom or in WebEx because they're like, oh, I don't want people to see my kitchen, my living room, my kids wandering around or all that stuff, which yeah. has definitely made the training less effective because they don't want us to see their home workspace. And come on, folks, everyone's working from home now. (laughs) We don't care if your house is really like messy or clean. And if your eight-year-old walks by, we get it. We get it. And I've definitely found like the courses become less effective as a result of people being in places that are not dedicated workspaces and then worrying about that we'll think less of them somehow.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I guess uh, for me personally, uh, my first tip would be uh, switch to water occasionally. So I've got a really good coffee at home. So when I first started, I was drinking a phenomenal amount of coffee. And uh, <laughs> a tip that my wife told me when we were a lot younger was, when drinking, make sure you eat food. And if you can't find food, eat popcorn. That counts. And alternate between a glass of water between every drink. I'm trying to do that with coffee as well to limit my coffee intake. So alternating between water and coffee. So. My survivable tip for health. That's a good one. (laughs) Appreciate that one. (laughs) Reuven, let's go to number two. I don't know if we'll get through all five, but let's keep going.
2: This is a three-hour podcast, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this one is... uh, 20 minutes. Oh, oh, oh. No, 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 Um, just kidding. (laughs) Good thing I talk fast. Communicate with your family. So they're around, especially nowadays, I mean, I have three kids, two of them are at home and sort of negotiating who is doing what and when and needs what resources when and knowing like what your work time is. So my kids, because like they don't know anything other than me working from home, I remember they once said to, I said to them, do you know that most adults go to work with the same people every day in the same place? My kids were like, no way, that's crazy. (laughs) So so like they know that when my office door is closed, they should really knock or like I tell them when I'm gonna be teaching or if I'm gonna be recording a course or something. And so they've grown up with that. They understand that at the same time I sort of have to know, oh, today the like the cleaning lady's coming or today they're gonna to be doing something loud or having people over. And so just like communicating, communicating all the time so people know what's going on when. It means that the work becomes part of your family life also, that it's not a, a totally distinct thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Julian? Yeah. So that one, Reuven, I think is is amazing. You know, setting that expectation with the family, almost showing them your calendar, right? And that's what I do with my wife.
2: I've tried so hard. She doesn't <laughs> want to look at it.
1: Oh, it's frustrating because we have, you know, our uh, we have our Alexa devices. And so it'll show my calendar on the device down in the kitchen. <laughs> and she'll just see, oh, for this one, it was test and code podcast tomorrow, 11 a.m. She's like, okay, I'll make sure. I'm not at home, all that sort of stuff. So it worked out really well. But when her phone keeps buzzing every five minutes. A
0: digital calendar, that's a good idea, actually. So we I've just been word of mouthing it and saying,
1: okay, so I've got a meeting at nine and one at six. So the <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. Yeah. I don't mind it. But I think on that note, the visual cues is a tip for me, because I've got two small kids. I've got a seven year old and a five year old. And so especially the five year old, he struggles with If daddy's in the room with the door closed, that's suddenly when he decides he wants to play and no other time of the day. But so what I've started doing is I've got colored pieces of paper that I put on the door. And if it's the red piece of paper, that's what's up right now, even though no one's home, I'm home alone. But if the red piece of paper is up, it means under no circumstances can you enter this room unless it's life or death, you know. If it's green, then that means look, I'm on a call or something, but you can come in. It's it's not going to be the end of the world. And that's worked. And then all other times of the day, I have the door open. So I have those three phases. And therefore, I'm approachable when the kids are at home. And then the very few times that it's the red piece of paper, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll stay away from daddy. Although, you know, as time has passed, it's not so concrete anymore. And I've had him walk in anyway, but That's how it goes. But it's actually done a pretty good job so far.
0: You know, I was trying to, we were trying to come up with some sort of solution. Actually, it sounds like all three of us have the luxury of having a closable office, which is nice. So I have a door to the room that one of our spare rooms I'm using. One of our spare rooms, I sound like I've got a mansion. No, it's the only (laughs) spare room we have.
2: But the... Now that the butler's not living with you, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. they'll send him away when COVID started. But I was trying to come up with like a sticky note or maybe like a, maybe I was thinking of like doing a Raspberry Pi thing with like a don't bother sort of thing. And then my wife, always the pragmatic person in my life says, here's an idea. How about if the door is mostly closed, you don't want to be bothered, but you can be. And if it's latched, you really don't want to be bothered because you're on a call or something. I'm like, I guess that would work. It's very simple though. But yeah, so that's what we're doing now.
2: So I'm very impressed with the colored piece of paper, Julian. So I don't know, about two years ago, I was at a hotel somewhere and I took their like, do not disturb sign. And I was like, this will work great. And I put it on the door, my office door. And numerous times my family would open the door and the do not disturb sign would fly across the room. And (laughs) they'd be like, oh, there was a sign. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or if I, lock the door. They'll like be try, And that's because I'm recording. and want to be really quiet. So like just keep trying the handle. Oh, it's locked. We got, sorry for bothering you. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely the, I'm recording for the next two hours. Don't bother yep. me. Seems to work much more effectively,
1: <laughs> but yeah. I like
2: the colored paper a lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: Those are great ideas. Yeah, it works well. I mean, I know I've been, it's funny you say that because Bob and I have been recording stuff sometimes and he's got, as we discussed before we started recording, my microphone is very single directional. You have to talk into it. Bob has something that's multi-directional, you know, it comes from everywhere and we'll be recording and he lives in a, a small apartment and his kids will just barrel down the hall and be yelling and screaming and we'll stop. We'll go, yeah, let's just edit that out. We'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, sometimes it, even the colors don't matter. It's just the noise in the house. <laughs> So we should start a Kickstarter to try to get Bob a new mic. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's got three now. I think I managed to get him to get this one. So it's going to get my
2: my neighbor who loves to play piano and he's on the opposite side of the wall of my office. So Mm. like I have to coordinate recording times when he won't possibly play piano, but like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Could be intro music for you. So he's not playing at like, what, three in the morning now? Please, please. It's only 4.30 now. But he plays a lot, way, way more than you would think someone with a theoretically full-time job does. And one time I asked him not to. He was like, oh, you know, I don't really play that much. you right. It's only like 18 hours a day, not 24. So sorry. So sorry. And he really needs to learn some new pieces. But uh, we've managed to work <laughs> around it.
0: Any other tips? I lost count. I think we're on two. So,
2: Reuven, do you have any others to share? Yeah, so you want to invest in your workspace. This is now an office. And so you want to have a good chair, a good desk, a good internet connection, good keyboard, and so on and so forth. And if you're doing a lot of video conferencing, microphone and headphones as well. And, I mean, obviously, if you're working for a company and they can buy that for you, all the better. But even if they're not, like, I mean, quite frankly, for years, I had a terrible chair. And my brother-in-law, who's a physical therapist, would constantly berate me for my terrible chair. He's like, oh, it's going to be bad for your back. It's going to be bad for your back. So we got myself a better chair. I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, it definitely feels better. So don't skimp on those things because they can affect your quality of work and quality of life and health.
1: I like it. Yeah, that's good. I'm pretty sure we had the same items written down, Reuben. Um,
2: <laughs> <so. laughs> Obviously, I- your IT security needs some work, right? <laughs> I've just been <laughs> breaking in.
1: Yeah, easy. I just... Posted on GitHub, that's all. So, yeah, actually, I'll blow on for that. I got two more, but the one that I want to add to that, and it's because I see on so many conference calls people who just use a laptop. And I can't imagine working my day job every single day, working just on that tiny laptop that we get given. It's ridiculous. Most of them don't have number pads. You probably, how many people don't actually attach a mouse to it? So you're just using the touchpad and typing. Like, that's. Torture, you know, and so, and a lot of people, if they haven't worked from home before, wouldn't have that setup that you're talking about, Ruben. And so, for me, when I started working from home last year full time, I went out and invested in two 32 inch screens, and I made sure when I got the laptop, I got a dock with it. So, if you're working from home, if you have the space get a desk, get two screens at least, Oh, sorry, maybe one screen at least, I suppose, because you can use a laptop screen. I'm just a nerd. But, you know, dock your laptop and get a proper keyboard and mouse because it'll just change your life. I mean, then you can take your laptop from there and move it around to other parts of the house to get a different change of scenery if you have to. I guess that's another tip in itself. But I find rotating between my desk for solid writing and all the stuff that I need a proper keyboard for and then email on the laptop downstairs, that helps me shake up the day and it definitely makes it more survivable.
2: I like that. Yeah,
0: I like that too. I did my first, I guess the first couple weeks, I was using just a laptop and that's how I normally worked from home before March. But when we all had to, we were told to get equipment that we needed. And so I got an external monitor. The one thing I didn't uh, get right away was an extra camera. So I was still using the laptop whenever I needed a camera, and it, that was uh, you know on a daily basis. I'm glad I, even though it's really hard to get a webcam right now, or it was when I was trying, I think I had like a two or three week wait to get mine because everybody's trying to get webcams right now. But I think it's a reasonable extra thing, even if you have to wait for it. But I need to follow your advice of the email thing because I love working on the big screen, but actually, there's some work, like email, or I could totally do on a small screen fairly well. So I should probably spend some of the time, some of the day, in a different location to try to just shake things up a bit. It's summer over there, right? Just go and sit outside. It's like 98 degrees today, so... Is that hot? Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I have no idea what that is in... Probably 30-something.
2: Like mid-30s for, you know, civilized people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, Reuben. You heard that here, heard that here from Reuben.
2: <laughs> so, is the U.S. the only place that uses Fahrenheit? There is some like small country, I forget exactly where, I think somewhere in Africa, where like they're also still on the English system. But yeah, it's basically the U.S.
0: Not even England is on the English system.
2: They're like this weird mix of things. Like, yeah,
1: I don't know what they do.
2: Well, so let's see if uh, Reuben can still steal your last one also, Julian. All right. Challenge. So... This might not apply as much to people who work full-time but or like for a company, but if you're working from home, then what you put into your office and even part of your rent, electricity, gas, and so forth, can be taken off your taxes and expenses and so forth, especially if you have a particularly designated office space. So because I've, I mean, I've been self-employed, I had my own company for a long time, but my accountant knows that I have a home office. My wife also has a home office. We like built her a studio outside for her work. And so that proportion, I think it's like 30% of our house is considered a workspace. So property taxes are paid for by the company or we're reimbursed, as I said, electricity, gas, water, but even things like internet service. So we recently, in February, when it was clear the pandemic was going to happen, we boosted our internet service to have a much better, much more bandwidth, knowing that we were going to be doing much more stuff online and anything you can sort of associate with your work at home. And the more clearly you can delineate that line between work and personal, the more likely it is you can expense that or get reimbursed.
1: That's a fantastic tip.
2: I
0: think you need to, I guess, check with your accountant first. My personal understanding, at least U.S. tax law, is that that doesn't apply if you're working for another company, but if you're self-employed, you can. So I don't think that, I may be wrong, but I don't think that if I was just working for a company, I could deduct my office,
1: but I'm not sure about that. Over here, you can. I've seen people, it, this is in Australia, you know, they ask, so what percentage of your time do you spend working from home versus the office, and therefore we will take 10% of your, say, internet bill and expense that on tax or claim it on tax, that sort of stuff. So Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, another benefit of work
0: going to Australia, other than the entire country trying to kill you. Or nature tries to
1: kill you. And the people. No, I'm kidding. No, not Um, the people. (laughs) Just nature. Just nature. You walk outside, spider drops down. Yeah. (laughs) I walked out of my front door one day and there was a red-backed spider hanging in front of me. I just walked back inside and called in sick. No, I'm kidding. I I went and killed it. (laughs) Anyway, so I'll get to this next tip. Actually, it has nothing to do with that, Ruben, so Perfect. I've got some security still going. So I was, my biggest thing for me that's really helped me is getting into a routine. So yes, having the time at the start and end of the day and I even set an alarm for the end of the day because it's very easy to work past five o'clock. Well, the kids are sort of like an alarm, you know, but for me, it's very easy now that I don't have any commute, now that I get calls at eight o'clock in the morning, sometimes with work. So I could potentially sleep in till 7.55 and be on time for work but then the next day I might not have a call till 9 so I could sleep until 8:30 you know or 8:40 so the problem there is that it's not a routine and every day just feels weird and you just get overtired some days it's it feels off to me so for me I like to have that routine get up at the same time every day even if I'm up an hour and a half before work technically starts make a coffee read a book get the kids ready drop them at school if I have to if it's one of those days but have that same sort of routine in place as if I was going to the office. And that helps me stay in the zone for work. It helps me differentiate work from personal life. And it also helps reduce some distractions because then I know before work, I'm getting the stuff I wanted to do done like my morning reading or checking my PyBytes email or responding to Bob and things like that. I can get that done before it's technically work time and I don't feel any guilt around, you know, if I had a meeting at say eight o'clock and then check byte stuff at 9.30. There's always that little bit of guilt there. That's technically the work day. But, and on that note, making sure you get that routine communicated to your team as well, especially if you have a remote team. So my team's all overseas. I don't have any teammates in Australia or my time zone. So letting them know what my day is sort of going to look like on average Means they don't expect me to be responding to their chat messages at eight o'clock in the morning. Or set that boundary, mm-hmm. and so on. So it flows on from there. But starting with a routine is key, I reckon.
0: That's nice. I gotta mostly just disagree with you, but <laughs> do it. <laughs> no, do it. <laughs> I think do what works for you. So when I first started, I tried that. I tried the thing of like, okay, I'm just gonna try to do a regular work schedule, and that worked for a while. But and I might go back to that sometimes. But for right now, I realized that I was, because I'm home and work and home are together, I was finding that the monotony that like every day seemed like the same day was an issue. So again, my lovely wife came up with the idea of why not just change it up? Why not do like uh, nine or 10 hour days some days and then do shorter days on others? So I've got some days where I'm like really working hard And I can stay in the zone and I don't get burnt out because I know it's not going to be like this tomorrow. And then the next day I can sleep in a couple hours or uh, eat bonbons or in the tub, you know, something like that.
2: (laughs) What a bonbons? As one does.
0: I don't know, but it's one of those things that supposedly people with free time eat. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i think they're just like chocolates
1: oh okay bonbons over here are very different so they're like those party cracker things you have at christmas time you know oh okay yeah we call those bonbons now you know what that's a really good point i mean it's got to be what works for you and this is just what works for me because if i don't and this is largely because i have pie bites as the you know outside of work business if i didn't have that i can imagine it would be highly flexible and it has to be in some ways because I've got two kids and there's school drop-offs, pick-ups, dinner, bath, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it is quite flexible. It's just finding that routine in the morning for me is my jam. But I did have <laughs> – so we'll,
0: we'll put a link in the show notes for what a bonbon is for people that don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Riven. This is
1: going to be the number one note.
0: <laughs> yeah, It will be our only link. We should probably put links to like microphones and all sorts of stuff so we could try to make money off of Amazon. No, I probably
2: won't. (laughs) (laughs) Julian already does.
0: (laughs) The tip that I had was really completely unrelated was don't rely on your Wi-Fi. Even if you have to have a cable running through your house to your workspace, it's better to have, I prefer having a LAN, like a physical LAN cable versus trying to get a decent Wi-Fi to wherever you're at. And mostly it's, Everybody else is home too, so you're fighting everybody's streaming habits and whatever with the Wi-Fi, so...
1: Yeah, especially
0: for the video calls, right? Yeah. Reuven, do you have any more?
2: Oh, let me see. I mean, I just had a sort of a general be flexible. I think that sort of like cuts across all the things we were talking about in terms of whether it's time, whether it's with family, whether it's with even with deadlines. I mean, (laughs) as my editors know, I'm always flexible with deadlines, but basically... Like you're now negotiating this space at home and your family will need you at various times. And again, everyone's going to understand. I mean, in Israel, there's much less of a boundary between work and home in general. So like, people bring their kids to work when they're sick so they can infect the whole office. That's, but, that's but kind of them. But it's not unusual to see eight, nine, ten-year-olds in the cafeteria at lunch because, well, they have to go somewhere, right? So they'll just come into work with their parents. And so now that's sort of been reversed and the whole world is doing this where people are at home and if you have to take care of your kid, if you have to like do something in the house, if you are to get a delivery, people understand. And so you should understand them. And I mean, it's a, not the ideal necessarily, but it's okay to schedule your day also. Have lunch with your family, right? If everyone's around, you can sort of agree to have it then. So in keeping that flexibility in mind, not I will work nine to five every day, just like I was in the office. Yeah, you're not in the office. And it's You got to accept it as such.
0: So we had actually a list of like eight different topics that we were going to talk about or something like that. But we're, we got through the first one, which was like tips for (laughs) making working from home survivable. And we're at like pretty far into the episode.
1: Is there anything on the topic list that you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll go. So one of the topics here was notable or unexpected benefits. And I think this ties in, I guess this is a bit of a tip as well. It's the whole flexibility of working from home, right? And Reuben, what you just said was amazing, right? You're at home, so you have to respect that. Your family's there, spend time with them, have lunch with them. So one of the unexpected benefits for me was that mental health piece. I think a lot of people, as they've started working from home, they started feeling distance from everyone else and from their teams. And especially if you're, I don't know, plenty of single workers who are just at home by themselves. They literally have no one around them. It must be incredibly difficult for people who don't have families and kids and stuff as well. So I guess the benefit is the whole mentality of do something for yourself just completely selfishly, you know, take. So for me, that's exercise. And I think for other people, they should be encouraged to during the workday, take an hour. And I'm not talking about the lunch break. I'm talking about something for yourself. Take half an hour to an hour, watch a TV show completely mindlessly. Get on a call and just on the, your mobile phone and call a mate, or do as in my case, mine is exercise. And this is something I, I didn't do before religiously. I've only started exercising in the past year. And it's that one thing that I get to myself that's not to do with work, with Pie Bites, with my family, with my kids. It's got nothing to do with anything, but it's, it's just me. It's a challenge for myself, you know, pushes me and it's enjoyable. And that is my special time every day. And to me, that's been one of the unexpected benefits of all of this is that I've been forced to realize that I need to do something for myself every day, even if it is only for half an hour. So
0: yeah. That's nice. You should be able to, if you had time for a commute before, then clearly you've got time for exercise now. Yeah, wow, that's exactly. A great point.
2: Yeah. I also, like, I mean, I could easily, and I used to do this, like when I was single and I was working from home, there would literally be like three, four day stretches when I would not leave the house because like I had groceries, the newspaper was delivered, I was working and I've really tried hard. So in this period when I'm only working from home, so I really like, as you guys know, we said before the call, like I've been going out and taking these really long walks every morning for exercise. It's nice. I go out, I get to hear a lot of podcasts. I walk through a whole bunch of parks, like, and it is fantastic to know that every day I'm outside able to do something that's not work related, it really has helped me quite a lot taking advantage of the working from home for sure.
0: Yeah. I just recently started, because of the heat, we're going through a little bit of a heat wave here, needed to go out and do more watering of our garden in the morning before the heat of the day. But I'm finding that I just really actually kind of love that. So a multitasker of course, I don't do it well, but I can listen to a technical book and garden at the same time. Uh so I've been getting up in the morning and going out and doing, you know, even a half an hour of gardening in the morning while I'm listening to something else. And I'm finding that actually it makes me feel better for the rest of the day of doing something outside before I get into work. So it's kind of nice. And that can be when you take your shower as
1: well. (laughs) Outside in the garden? With the bar of soap and the hose. Yeah. One for the plant, one for you. Sure, I do live in the burbs where
0: there's people that would see me. But oh, and
2: they're working from home also. Oh, yeah, it really spoils it, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how about you, Riven? Do you want to pick up one of these? I, I just, I just wanted like for for the people who are feeling sort of lonely and so forth. I mean, Julian was right. It can be sort of well, even if you're even if your family is around, keeping like have, being in touch with others. So if you're working for a company then there's probably some sort of, you know, whether you guys said like, you know, daily video conference or a Slack channel or something. I'm on a few Slack channels with other consultants. So people who are on their own and want to be with other people on their own and sort of exchange if it's business ideas or just sort of, you know, chat. That's been very useful also to stay connected during this period.
0: Yeah. Or if people are feeling that they need some to BS with about technical stuff with somebody else they could contact me and come on the podcast. That would be great.
2: He'll <laughs> <laughs> words with one just, stone. Just
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> nice. No, well, well played.
0: Well, I've got actually a lot out of this today. So thank you guys for sharing this with me. I guess the one little thing that I was going to share was leftover was uh, pay attention to when vacation days are because if it wasn't for my coworkers, I would just work every day and I would not even know if there were holidays. And you might miss out
2: on going away on that vacation you were planning, right? <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> There's none of that. I'm also trying to be make sure that I am consciously grateful that I work in a job where I can work from home mm. because as you know, the numbers go up and down and whatever, I have control over how much exposure I have to the rest of the world. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't, that really have to keep going to work and just hope that their company's protections are working enough to keep them
2: safe. Grateful for everybody for doing that. On that note, we last night, my wife said, "Okay, I got to get out. Like, we got to go out to a restaurant. And in Israel, like, you're allowed to go out to restaurants, but there's a ton of seating outside and the tables are far away from each other. And it was clear. It was clear that people there, like the manager and the waitresses, were so, so happy like there were people coming and they were able to work because they had been shut down for so long and heaven knows how they're even holding on as a business. And right, like if we're not allowed out, if people don't go out, then they're totally sunk. So yeah, I'm also very, very grateful that I'm able to do it.
1: Yeah. The big one for me on that is I'm extremely fortunate that I get to do what I do, do what I love and, and do it from home. A lot of the people that I talk to in my role are based in our data centers, right? And so they're not out in public, but they're in DCs, they have to be there every day for the hardware perspective and keeping them alive. And so that we can even have Zoom calls and Skype calls and all that stuff, right? So they're literally keeping the backbone of like, essentially the internet up and running, and they don't get that choice of being able to work from home. And so I'm extremely grateful for all of my teams that are out there and my colleagues that are doing that stuff and totally get the fear. And that's why I'm like, a big supporter of staying at home if I can, because then it makes the world a bit more safer for them who can't. With that, as you were saying, Reuven, exception of being able to support local businesses, go out to restaurants and stuff. So,
0: well, thanks again for everybody for showing up for this. Because both of you have Reuven has training and also his uh, weekly Python newsletter. Is that what it's called?
2: Well, I mean, there's I have my newsletter and I also have weekly Python exercise. But yes,
0: okay, sorry. There's both Reuven. And Julian are involved in great ways to help people learn. I like what both of you are doing. And so I'll definitely, I'm going to include links to your offerings in the show notes as a thank you for showing up here. You guys are incredible at what you do. And thank you for that as well. No, thank you, Brian. We appreciate it. This is great. Thank you, Reuven and Julian, for all the great tips. And thank you, Datadog, for sponsoring. Visit testingcodecom datadog to get started. And thank you to all the listeners that support the show through Patreon. Join them by going to testandcode.com support. And did you know that this show has a mailing list? Well, it does. Visit testandcode.com slash subscribe to, well, subscribe. And you're going to want to do that right away. Because TalkPython Training has agreed to give away one training course every week for the next handful of weeks to a subscriber of the Test and Code mailing list. Thank you, TalkPython Training, for doing that and for sponsoring this episode. All of those links and the links to the item we talked about in the show are in the show notes at testandcode.com 127. That's all for now. Now go out and test something.